0: From the campuses of East Tennessee, State University in Johnson City, Tennessee, and Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia, this is Religion for Life. My name is John Shuck. I'm the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Our website is fpcelizabethton.org. This summer, I had the honor of attending the Presbyterian Church USA General Assembly. It was held in Detroit, Michigan, and I was a commissioner. It's kind of a a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, kind of a trip to Mecca, my hodge to Detroit. uh, To be a commissioner, quite a democratic event. I mean, representative democracy at its best. Uh, you become, at the end of this thing, uh, an expert in Robert's rules of order if you've been paying attention at all. And, and so some of the decisions that were made uh, were internal matters, you know, how to run the church and deal with budgets and whatever else. But a lot of those things were, were social justice questions. These are, are questions that the, the church feels are important to talk about, Um on the big scale of things. Uh, For example, uh, the use of drones or fossil fuel uh, divestment. Um, Same-sex marriage came up In fact, uh, uh, it was approved uh, that ministers and churches could marry uh, couples of the same gender. And that was approved not without controversy. Also, Israel-Palestine was on the agenda. Previously, I did a series of four programs on Israel-Palestine and the Presbyterian Church voted by a narrow margin to divest from three corporations that it believes are engaged in unpeaceful activities, uh, furthering the occupation of Palestine and Gaza. So, I'm excited today to have with me the moderator of the General Assembly, Heath Rada and his wife, Peggy Rada. They are on tour uh, going around the country to talk about the mission and the work and the decision making of the Presbyterian Church USA. They make their home in Asheville, North Carolina. Welcome, Heath and Peggy, to Religion for Life. Thank you, John. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yes. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself, uh, Dr. Rada, and your experience in the church and your role now as moderator.
1: Well, I'm delighted to, to be here and to have a chance to speak to you and your audience, John. Um, my life has been a Presbyterian. I was born into the Presbyterian church and have served—I'm a layperson. Um, I am not an ordained minister— I did do one year at seminary and another year at the Presbyterian School of Christian Education where I was certified as a Christian educator, but I have not worked professionally for the church except as the president of that Presbyterian School of Christian Education where I I served for 12 years. So it has been a, a wonderful experience for me to be in a number of Presbyterian churches. I've served as officers in those churches. And the privilege of serving as moderator is something that I had never anticipated. But um, being in that role is,
0: is an extraordinary gift and opportunity. And, of course, I, too, was a commissioner at that General Assembly in Detroit this past June. Did you vote for me, John? <laughs> 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 you,
1: well, you don't have, have to answer, to answer to that question. <laughs> balance,
0: <laughs> but I am very pleased that you were elected moderator. <laughs> and very pleased, especially as you've been uh, asked to do a large job to go uh, really all around and talk about uh, the ministry of the church and, and, and to understand what you are and are not uh, as moderator. Uh, for example, you're not the Pope of the Presbyterian Church. Exactly,
1: exactly. There are two functions primarily that the moderator does. The first is to oversee the work of the the General Assembly, which meets every two years, which for those who are not Presbyterians um, is, is our governing body, our primary governing body as a denomination. But then after that week of assembly, the moderator spends two years serving as an ambassador going around the denomination, working with other faith communities, and going around the world, speaking on behalf of the church, interpreting what happened at the General Assembly, but equally sharing the love and good news of, of what it means for us to all be bonded together as, as human beings. And, of
0: course, it's exciting to have your spouse with you, Peggy Rada, and with us in the studio today. Peggy, how, what has your experience been? Well, Joy.
2: first of all, neither Heath nor I Thought he would be elected. But oh, really?
0: uh, <laughs> it was an overwhelming election. It
2: so, was on the first ballot, uh, and that really shocked both of us. And I think for a few minutes we were in shock. But we had determined as a couple beforehand, in terms of trying to pray together and discern what God's will was for us, uh, whether Heath was even going to stand for moderator or not. And then when he and we decided that, yes, he did feel called to be moderator, I suggested to him that perhaps I could have a more active role than just visiting Mm -hmm. uh, churches and conference centers and presbyteries and synods. Perhaps there would be a way that I could see the church in action while he was sitting in meetings or conducting meetings or interviews that perhaps I could see the church as it was reaching out to the community and help by being a volunteer in some of those programs. So here we are. Well, here <laughs> you
0: are. Wonderful. Tell, can you give us an example of some things you've seen or participated in already?
2: Yes. We were recently in uh, New York City, and we were visiting Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, and... I'd, my specific request was that when Heath was going to be traveling, that if I were traveling with him, that I would like to be itinerated in the same fashion that he was. But my itineration would take the form of volunteer work. Fifth Avenue uh, happens to have a wonderful men's homeless shelter. And so I was trained uh, to serve in that shelter. Uh, One day, and then that evening, Heath and I both spent the night with the men in the homeless shelter. Had a wonderful experience. While there, we also uh, visited Brick Presbyterian Church and explored their Summer Steps program, which is a program for preschoolers preparing them to go into independent schools uh, giving them a, a life experience and exposure and educational experience far beyond they would ever, what they would have imagined uh, for these preschoolers. That was a wonderful experience also. And there've been others that I can mention.
0: Well, the Presbyterian Church, uh, of course, has uh, what, 10,000 congregations? Heath, for someone who's little experience with the church, uh, how would you describe the PCUSA? John, I, th-
1: I think one of the ways we are described and are known by other faith communities as a, is as a community of social justice, which is one of the gifts that your radio program offers to help explain what that means. Um, obviously, the fact that we are Christians and have a basic belief in Jesus Christ um, is, is the, the part that bonds us all together. But we don't just rest on the laurels of the fact that we have that privilege of knowing him as our Lord and Savior. And instead, um, we believe that we need to put that faith into action because, you know, he modeled so much what it meant to care for those people who couldn't care for themselves or who were being abused or mistreated or in other ways not given the dignity that we all deserve as humans. So the Presbyterians have historically entered into a lot of issues that A number of folks would consider social issues. Mm -hmm. Some would even say we've stuck our noses into political affairs. We've been meddling. Exactly, exactly. And there's justification for questioning how much of that we should do. But uh, I think most of us realize that it's through political processes or through other social programs that a great deal of service and, and decisions are made
0: that allow people to have the dignity they deserve. And of course, there are a couple of issues that uh, made the news this summer. Uh, one on uh, same-sex marriage, and another on on issues regarding uh, divestment from companies that have uh, do some business with, the, particularly with the occupation uh, in Israel, uh, Palestine. And uh, again, these decisions were made out of that passion for social justice but that does not mean that they weren't controversial or that everybody agreed (laughs) Uh, with them.
1: Oh absolutely not. Um, You know Presbyterians by being a democratic form of government are very transparent and what that means is the rest of the world can see us have our battles. Um, I I am not the Pope as you mentioned at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I don't have the authority to make decisions and tell the denomination that this is what they need to do. Um, I, I certainly respect the Pope but that's just not our form of government and so when it comes to Presbyterians we argue and we argue mightily Um, and unfortunately there are times when people who don't agree decide they don't want to remain with us but in many instances people are able to act as though we are a family and come together and say we may not agree on this point but we love each other and let's see how we can
0: move forward. If you're just joining us on Religion for Life, my guests are Heath and Peggy Rada. Heath Rada has been elected moderator of the 221st General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church USA, and he and Peggy are traveling around uh, the country, and in fact uh, other countries, to talk about the mission and ministry of the Presbyterian Church USA. And the assembly passed by a narrow vote, I mean a seven-vote margin, 310 to 303 to divest funds from Hewlett-Packard, Caterpillar, and Motorola Solutions for their activities in the occupation of the West Bank and Gaza, can you explain what this decision was and was not?
1: Absolutely, yes. It's um, it, uh, and as you said, it was a small majority. So the first thing that your listeners should know is that Presbyterians are very divided over this issue. At this assembly, it was passed by seven votes. That's out of more than six hundred and fifty votes cast. Mm-hmm. At the last assembly two years ago, it was defeated by two votes. So um, there are, there are a lot of issues. But but what this means is that the the Presbyterian Church believed um, in terms of the divestment part of this that the products that were being used by three companies who are based in the United States were furthering the Israeli occupation of Palestine in areas that are illegal um, or, or, and in places where this is not appropriate. Um, those three companies are Caterpillar and Hewlett-Packard and Motorola Solutions. Now, the Presbyterian Church has not said those are bad companies, but in negotiations with the companies over three years, there are particular products that they have developed that Presbyterians believe are non-peaceful um, in terms of the ways in which they're used and are inconsistent with the church's socially responsible investment policy. So this was not a divestment from Israel, as some people have interpreted. It mm-hmm. It was a divestment from three companies who we wish to continue to partner with, but do not feel that those particular products are ones that we can endorse. And we feel that the, the denomination feels it must stand up against it. But John, if I may, the church's um, activity w- w- is explicit also in the same motion or the same act that you as a commissioner and others mm-hmm. took in affirming the right of Israel to exist as a sovereign nation within secure and internationally recognized borders. We, we are very supportive of Israel. We advocate for the right of Israelis and Palestinians to live in peace and, in fact, endorsed a two-state solution. That's what the denomination feels Mm -hmm. would be helpful. And we also declared that the action doesn't indicate alignment with the overall global boycott, divest, and sanctions movement that many people know of, which is not specifically related to religions, but um, does have an impact on a number of faith communities that have looked at that. So we... One of the things that has been an issue is that our Jewish friends feel that we have betrayed them in making this decision Mm -hmm. and that's difficult because we have cared greatly for our Jewish um, Presbyterian relationships over the years and um, I stated at the assembly and have stated on some television shows that this does not indicate a lack of love However, my Jewish friends are saying to me, Heath Rada, this does indicate a lack of love. This indicates a lack of understanding of the importance of what the Israeli community is needing to do in order to protect the, the state of Israel. So I think there are a lot of things we need to study. We see the um, horrors that are impacting both our Israeli and our Palestinian brothers and sisters. And as Presbyterians, we have a responsibility to be aware of both sides. And if we're going to speak out on it, we need to be sure that as we do so, we're being socially responsible for, our, for all of our friends
0: you know i was thinking of my experience of of being at the general assembly and then watching it that this these were not easy decisions and they were not simplistic or black and white there people myself included all had uh heart-wrenching decisions recognizing uh the 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 impact of these decisions and and taking a great deal of discernment with them uh wanting to have good relationships with our jewish uh, partners and yet at the same time realizing that this was a social justice issue in terms of the occupation um and so i i I think you recognize that too that everyone Sometimes a report that might come out of it might be more black and white than what really took place in the discernment process?
1: My impression from standing on the podium and, and watching and listening was that there was genuine compassion on the part of all of the commissioners. Now, certainly there was there was passion as well as compassion, mm-hmm. and, and people spoke passionately as they should have, but I did not feel that there were attacks and hostility being generated between the sides, which unfortunately, since the General Assembly, um, we have seen. We have mm-hmm. seen a great deal of, of on unhappiness and anger and, and hostile communications and, and need to be working on that.
0: Well you know the winds of the world blow through the church and the church could choose to ignore them or the church could say no this is where we really need to discern the spirit in this and, and uh, uh, not to toot the Presbyterian horn but I'm, I'm glad the church does that. I'm glad the church risks the controversy. I'm seeing some nodding. What do you think, Peggy? What do you think about the controversy of the
2: church? Well, for me personally, it's one reason I am a Presbyterian Uh because I think we are a church of social action. I think we are a church of justice and and seeking justice for all people wherever we can, which goes back to what I'm trying to, to do in my role as moderator's wife. If I can be out in the field, so to speak, Uh, trying to bring about some of this justice for people uh, like the migrant workers at Mm Bethel in Tampa, Florida. What a wonderful experience to see what our church has done in establishing that center and helping to educate the migrants, helping to keep them healthy, helping to feed them, to clothe them, It was a wonderful experience for me to see the the social justice of our denomination in action.
0: Peggy Rada and Heath Rada my guests on Religion for Life. Heath, uh, elected moderator of the Presbyterian Church USA, and we got a bonus uh, that Peggy is also participating in this uh, ministry of communicating uh, the mission of the church. And one of the other decisions uh, that uh, were made, was made that was uh, somewhat controversial, I suppose, was uh, providing space and allowing clergy to officiate at same gender marriages. Uh, for full disclosure, my uh, certainly my audience knows this, um, that I've was in favor of this. I did uh, a wedding for my daughter and her wife in New York City. Uh and legal in New York, but not legal in Tennessee that has implications for them, um, one being insurance. And and as well as doing holy unions for gay and lesbian couples and and recognizing the importance of that. So I get that side. But there but can you tell me a little bit about that decision and what I need to hear perhaps from the other side? Well, John
1: Um, It it is a very difficult decision because there are people of of wonderful Christian people who believe very sincerely, biblically, that this is not God's plan, Mm -hmm. that God does not ordain marriage between same-sex couples. Uh, and so we as Presbyterians wish to be sure that we can affirm their right to have their beliefs. We are not trying to dictate to people that where their conscience comes down, where their own faith is, is being processed, is something that, that we should, should control. On the other hand, there are equal numbers, in fact, increasingly a majority of Presbyterians who believe that this is not God's plan to prevent couples who love one another and wish to make a lifetime commitment with one another to not be able to have a marriage.
0: Well, do you think this decision will destroy the church? Should we have decided uh, lesbian gay people uh, should not have had equality for the sake of preserving perhaps our membership? No,
1: I do not think it is going to destroy the church. In fact, it's been fascinating to me that though there are some people who are choosing to no longer be a part of the PCUSA fellowship because of this decision we are having people who are coming into our church because of this decision. I've been contacted by a number of people who have said they now are going to transfer into the Presbyterian Church Mm -hmm. because they feel that we are providing uh, a more open opportunity. But again, I want to make clear to the listeners that the Presbyterian Church did not say that all ministers need to to perform marriages for same-gender people, nor that all churches have to have them in their buildings. A local church session, the governing body of that, local church can make the decision that this is not God's will in their minds and say that this cannot occur and a local pastor can also do the same thing and say I'm not going to do this and the Presbyterian church says we we affirm your right to make that decision.
0: One of the I think the principles of what I've I've always liked about it is that uh, freedom of conscience and that large umbrella to allow people within within some bounds nevertheless to be able to follow their own conscience about these things.
1: Exactly. And and both in terms of this issue and some of the things Peggy was talking about, there are people who say, well, what are the Presbyterians other than a great humanitarian organization? again, what I want to make sure that people understand is that we're doing this for the reason that we have a faith bond that holds us together and and that that's Jesus. And we don't mind saying Jesus's name. There are people who say, oh, Presbyterians are reluctant to own up to the fact that that matters. We're not. In fact, everybody who joins the Presbyterian church, the first question they're asked is, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And in order to be a member of the church, you say yes. Mm -hmm. If not, then you you continue to explore whether or not this is what you want to do.
0: And people may interpret what that means in many different ways. That's right. It's the wonderful aspect of being uh, part of the tradition, too, is that we explore and connect with scholarship and science. Uh, I think you had mentioned in in one of the the talks that uh, it was that people came to the church because they had it chance to explore their questions?
1: Yes. Yes, we are seeing um, an influx in my local church and in a number of churches across the denomination of young adults. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting because this has been a group of people who say the church had no relevance. And in asking them why they are choosing to do this, they're saying because we're finding our Presbyterian churches to be places that are, quote unquote, safe places. We can ask questions. We can Feel free to be who we are and not feel like we're going to be judged or mistreated or rejected or not spoken to because we're still questioning how we're growing in the faith. And that's,
0: that's good news. Now, you are uh, members of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Asheville, that's is that right. correct? That's right. And and, and your congregation has do, is doing some exciting things.
2: Some very exciting things. One of the most exciting, I think, uh, Three or four years ago, our church voted, our session voted and decided that we were going to plow up our front yard. And we have a beautiful setting, our church, Grace Covenant does. Well, we plowed up the front yard, planted a community garden, and I cannot begin to guess how many new members have come to our church and have said in joining the church, The reason they came was because they saw the church in action in this garden and meeting the needs of our community by sharing this food, not only just in our neighborhood, but in all of our area. And then our church has a wonderful ministry to homeless veterans, and we have uh, acquired a motel and turned that into a home for these veterans where it's not only home, food, shelter, but it's also training opportunities for them to become independent and to live on their own and get jobs in our area.
0: You know, you mentioned about the community garden. And I was thinking at the General Assembly, uh, the young adult advisory delegates standing up at the microphones talking about the issues of environment. Yes. And fossil fuels and, and our future.
1: Their passion. Right. Absolutely their passion. And that that's so important. And, and young people have such a home in our church. They're helping us so much to see where we need to go. And John, real quickly, let me mention being on NPR, Mm -hmm. that we uh, also have started a program in our church which is based on an NPR radio program, the name of which I cannot remember, But we have um, people who share their faith stories or their personal stories. We meet in a restaurant and bar across the street from our church. It's so oversubscribed as people tell their stories of life Ah. (coughs) based on a specific question, like when was the first time you knew that And they fill it in. And they um, it now you have to get there an hour and a half early to get a seat. So we we have a dress rehearsal on Friday in our sanctuary. And the sanctuary often has 75 or 100 people come to hear these. They are not all members of the church. Most are. Mm -hmm. But we invite people from the community. And it's been an extraordinary new witness to share the interesting stories of
0: these people. Diana Butler Bass was mm-hmm. on the program, and she talked about uh, the, the church's uh, kind of model was institutionalized capitalism, I think it was what she said, in the, of, of the early uh, 20th century. And, you know, we have clergy with pensions, and we have, you know, buildings and all of that kind of thing. And, and that's some of the stresses that we're seeing. There's, there's still a church that is perhaps a different model for church, are you seeing that too? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, well,
1: Diana Butler Bass has, has done an extraordinary, has made an extraordinary gift to the the church world, to religion, uh, through her books and and her perceptions. And indeed, I do think we are, in many ways, almost victimized by the institutions um, in terms of property, in terms of policy. Um, We as a Presbyterian church spend the majority of our time, when we are gathered in our governing body meetings, voting, and Hmm. the definition of vote means to divide the house. So what that says right off the bat is we're starting out as as divided, and um, I see more and more new churches that are starting and forming who are choosing not to have a facility but to use existing facilities Mm -hmm. um, with with being built around communities of people who share similar interests and that's what brings them together and then they want to move forward you know studies on some of the church the mega churches in, in, in this country have indicated that the reasons people choose to be a part of those is isn't because of the enormity of, of the worship experience, but because they're placed into small groups that get to know one another and that have shared mutual values and understandings. And I see that happening in Presbyterians too. The more we can have um, people really get to know one another as individuals and to share who we are with one another and to know that we have things we enjoy doing in common, the more we're able to build upon the faith base that allows us to serve other people.
0: And we're just about out of time. My guests have been Heath and Peggy Rada. Heath is the moderator of the Presbyterian Church USA, and Peggy, his spouse, uh, traveling with him and communicating the mission of the church. Where are you going to next? Um, In the not-too-distant future, we're going to be doing
1: some international travel. We will be heading to the Middle East to talk with Christians who are in such pain and in in difficult positions. We're going to Peru and talk with our sister church there about some of the decisions we've made and why we want to
0: remain close to them. We're having an extraordinary experience, John. Very good. And Peggy, anything on your agenda? Any last word about uh, this experience of, of traveling with Heath? My
2: last word, John, would be that this is a very humbling, privileged experience that yeah. we're having. And we solicit the prayers of all of our brethren and sister and <laughs> Presbyterians uh, in this on this journey.
0: Well, thank you both. I think you represent our church very well, and I appreciate uh, appreciate you doing that and having you with me today on Religion for Life. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Religion for Life, a program at the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. My name is John Schuck. I'm the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Our website is fpcelizabethan.org. For more information about this program or links to podcasts, go to religionforlife.com. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, listen to us on iTunes. Religion for Life is co-produced by WETS-FM in Johnson City, Tennessee, and WEHC-FM in Virginia. Be well.